0: out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you.
1: Hey guys, what is going on and welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. I'm Colby Patino and I'm joined as always by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing alright. We just wrapped up a uh, Seahawks podcast for uh, for 12th Man Rising. So, you know, we're, we're double dipping today uh, and uh, trying to cram this all in the the hour and 45 minutes that, that you have available to you. So, uh, but you know, we got a week until the deadline. So, a lot, of, lot to talk about. Uh, pretty exciting time for the Mariners and everything. So, looking forward sure. to it.
1: Sure. So, uh, we have a, uh, I wouldn't say we have a ton to talk about. We do have some things to talk about, not a lot of time to do it. So, let's dive right in here. Um, and before I'm going to call a quick audible here, um, did you see the the newest uh, fan graphs? service the, uh, the prospect team ranks. Have you seen those yet?
0: I have not seen that yet but I heard from uh, from you <laughs> that uh, the Mariners are eighth ranked
1: eighth, eighth overall. overall. Yes.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that you know I, I've been looking at the uh, at, at the Mariners farm system and, and the amount of success that a lot of their top prospects are having this year. Yeah, they 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 deserve that recognition because it's not just the talent that Jerry Depoto acquired. It's how they're all performing really well. I think, you know, and I've said this before on the podcast that. uh, Pretty much everything that needed to go right for you has gone right so far. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and even in the case of Justice Sheffield, I mean, when you look at the numbers uh, that pitchers have in the PCL. Who really cares? Like you know, he goes down to Double A and he's pitching really well. And you know, I, I I think that's all you need to know on that. And and that was really the one guy that was struggling. You know, obviously Kyle Lewis had his had his issues, and and Evan White has had his issues. But both of them have pretty much figured things out for the most part. And uh, along with Justice and everything. So um, yeah, I from top to bottom, really impressed with what this farm system has done, the players that they already have in house. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they might be able to add to it, uh, in the next uh, few days.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think that uh, spot is very, uh, telling. Um, and you start looking at kind of those top prospect type of guys, they're all relatively speaking pretty close to the majors, Um, you know, Kelnick, maybe by the second half of 2021, Uh, Julio's probably the furthest away. But you start looking at Logan Gilbert, who's in double A. You know, you're looking at Evan White, Kyle Lewis. They're all in double A. Cal Raleigh's in double A. Jake Fraley's in triple A and probably should be on the big league club right now already. Um, Braden Bishop has gotten his cup of coffee. Hopefully he's working his he's working his way back. Um, a report just came out today that he's actually a little bit ahead of Mitch Hanager. Um so you might be seeing him um, in the next couple weeks. Um, you're looking at Shed Long, who really flashed before he came up, or before he went back down, and now he's on the minor league IL. He's, he's run into some injury issues as of late. Um, you know, and even you start looking at a guy like George Kirby, who um, is – you know, really impressing scouts. He's a first-round pick. He's probably going to end up in Double A at some point next year. Um, uh, I think that's a pretty high probability there. Um, he, like I said, that those those prospect ranks—they're not even counting guys like—they're uh, not counting guys like JP Crawford. Uh, they're not counting Yusei Kikuchi. Um, you know, you talk about Justin Dunn's in Double A, Justin Sheffield's in Double A. Realistically speaking, there's a scenario where. Um, what eight of the top ten on most people's list is in the major leagues by the end of next season. Um, yeah. and it's on it's not that far fetched. Uh, it's it's really not you don't have to dream on, you know, Evan White making it to the uh, making it to the big leagues next year. Um, it's it's pretty easy to envision. And guys like Justin Dunn, Justice Sheffield, Kyle Lewis and Jake Fraley, pretty good chance you see them this season. Um, at least in September. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's obviously exciting uh, where the team's at um, prospect-wise. Uh, it's it's just good. And, you know, the eighth-place ranking, it's not about getting to number one. That's not the goal. The goal is to win Major League Baseball games as soon as possible. Um, but that eighth-place ranking, that does show that there is growth in the minor league system. And like you said, you know, it does – Allow for the possibility that the Mariners can go out and add major league pieces um, using prospects, and not just your Cameron Mabens. Uh, we're talking legitimate major league, you know, starting caliber players. Uh, they have the they have the potential to go get that. So, um, <clears throat> you know, and we said it, I don't know, a month ago, and it still rings true today. Any player that you see being thrown around as a possibility on the trade block right now, the Mariners can't afford. They can go get that guy if they really want to, um, and that has not been the case for a very long time. Um, mm. And so the whole thing is just great.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really really encouraging. I you know I'm a little surprised that Arizona is above them. Um, I mean, they did have a really good draft. The draft, I think, really yeah, that but uh, yeah, but I mean, still, I just. With the established talent, but yeah, it's really uh, it's really good. It's 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 really impressive what Jerry Depoto has been able to do over just a year's worth of time, and really most of this work was done in a matter of three months. Um, it's incredible the the turnaround, and even when you think about some of the you know more under the radar acquisitions that he made, someone like Ricardo Sanchez, yeah. who's been fantastic, and really that. That acquisition was glossed over. Um, I think it was just you know, for cash, wasn't it? It was something like that because yeah, he, he, got, was their, he was on the he was on the forty man roster for some reason uh, on the on Atlanta's forty man roster for yeah, some he got reason. DFA'd. So, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty sure it was just cash, straight money. And he's and he's been fantastic for for Double A Arkansas this year. So uh, and you know that might be a potential starter for you next year. Um, depending on what happens. So that's, you know, it, it's even moves like that, you know, even someone like Jake Shiner has been pretty solid since he's come over in that Jay Bruce trade. And you know, so even guys like those are, you know, performing fairly well. And, and that's, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible that... Um, Almost everything has gone their way. Really? The, the one trade that hasn't looked as great is the James Paxson trade because of Justice's struggles at, at AAA, but again, you know the PCL is just uh, <laughs> it's a graveyard for pitchers right now. And uh, you know Dom Thompson Williams hasn't been fantastic, but he hasn't been terrible either. and Eric Swansons obviously had the struggles. but really other than that deal, yeah, the JP Crawford looks like uh, the JP Crawford deal which, you know, we weren't happy about and a lot of people weren't very happy about. Even that deal has turned out to be a huge win for them so far.
1: Yeah, um Juan then has been uh it's been quite good uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: since coming over in that trade as well. And those are kind of the things that you need to hit. Uh you need you need like a Juan then to turn into something. You need a you know, Juan Caracuto or whatever to turn into some you need somebody in that lower system to really step up over the next year and a half and then you might legitimately have a top five farm system and that's even after you have graduations because this and keep this in mind. The farm system rank if they do it again this off season, it may go down just because Justice Sheffield may graduate off of that prospect list. Shedlong might graduate, Jake Fraley might graduate. Mm. It doesn't take a ton of time to graduate off these lists, but that's fine because those guys are, when they're in the big leagues, you don't care. It's 50
0: major league innings, right? And 150 abouts.
1: I think it's 130 actually
0: played appearances. Okay.
1: And then, yeah, it's 50 or 35. I think it's 50 innings for a starter, Mm. like 35 for a lever. I think that's how they break it down. Sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, either way, like you said, so the prospect rank is going to go down, but that's because players are graduating. Uh, yeah. And keep or, in mind
0: that, you know, the Mariners are going to have a high pick next year. Um, so that's going to, to boost their, their farms value. They're going sir. to add a, they're going to add a prospect that's going to be in their top 10.
1: Oh yeah. Most it likely seems like there's a decent shot. They could get as high as like three. Yeah. Or four. So yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, the farm system is going to continue to get better. All um, right. I don't know. Actually, you know what? The farm system might get worse. Like I said, this could be the high water mark. They could get as high as eighth. But when if and when Justin Dunn and Jake Fraley and Kyle Lewis are playing for them this September and Shed Long's back and they all look like they're going to be, you know, solid major leaguers in twenty twenty, do you really care that you went from eighth to thirteenth? No, because that's the point of the farm system is to make the major league team better as fast as possible. So um but Either way, today I just thought that was great. Uh, Fangraphs, uh, it's Kylie McDaniels and Eric Longenhagen. I believe they they run the uh, the prospect page there for Fangraphs. They are two of the best in the business. Um, and so when they tell you that they're eighth, that's something that you can really take stock in. And when Keith Law tells you that Kellnick's like number 11 in all of baseball, that's something that you can really take stock in because I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Keith Law hates everybody. Um, <laughs> so... so. Uh, that's, you know, these are some really exciting times for the Mariners. And I know it's hard to watch the product that you see every day be so terrible, but that doesn't mean the plan's not working. It just means you're not looking at the plan correctly.
0: Uh, Speaking of Jerry Kellner, he returned to the field last night, correct? Yes, he did. As well as Jake Frately.
1: Yep. Sure did. Which is great. Great, great. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really fun time to be a Mariner, uh, if you're if you're really invested in the rebuild and you understand what they're doing it's actually a pretty fun time to be a Mariners fan if you're just watching the major league product oh boy yeah that's uh, I totally understand where the frustration comes from because that is getting really difficult to watch um, but again you know we've focused on the, the big picture here for the last month or two um, and that's pretty much what we're going to continue to do today um, but there are a few injuries that we do need to discuss uh, going forward. Uh, one of them, uh, a couple days ago, D Gordon hits the IL with a, uh, is it a quad injury? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was a muscle pull. Uh, and for a speedster like D that's obviously not good. Um, and also he claims it's the first muscle pull he's had in his entire career. Um, and that, I mean, that pretty much kills any shot he had of being traded, uh, which was very slim to begin with. But, uh, You know, it still sucks. (laughs) You would like that to be an option. So, um, so he's going to miss at least a couple of weeks there. And unfortunate timing, um, for a couple of reasons. Again, obviously the trade, but, uh, the trade possibility is pretty much gone now. But also, shed longs on the IL, so you can't even call him up to get the everyday at bats at second. So, um, yeah, just overall not a good uh, not a good situation now that the Mariners find themselves in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens with Domingo's <laughs> MRI today and, right. and the other and, one and and what entails uh, you know what that entails for for the rest of the you know trade deadline for them because that was probably going to be their biggest piece that they were going to trade off and and if Santana lands on the IL. Um, I don't think that would necessarily scare teams away um because you know and especially you you can trade for uh, for a player that lands on the IL but if it is a serious injury you know it was an, it was an elbow and and he grimaced when he when he threw so if that's something like a UCL or or anything like that that's uh that's not going to be good.
1: No, and it does sound like um this has been bothering him for a while. Um and so you know, I think if he hits the IL, it's pretty much he's going to stick around, which, I mean, you would like to trade him, but if you have to wait until this offseason to do it, I think you're okay. You're going to get pretty good value either way. Um, and also, if it's something that he can manage to play through for the rest of the year, he should probably be a DH anyways. Um, and when you look at teams that are shopping around for right-handed bats right now, Tampa Bay, Oakland, um, they make some sense. So they still make sense as a DH. So um, like I said, just too early to speculate. Santana's not in the lineup today. Um, MRI coming back, I'm assuming we'll hear more about the MRI later today. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. But obviously those are two two pieces the Mariners have been, or D certainly they've been trying to trade. And uh, Domingo, I think they were waiting for the market to kind of heat up on him. Um, but certainly there was a need for a right-handed bat uh, that contenders were looking for, and he would have fit the bill. Um, <clears throat> the good news about D Gordon is that um, over his last 17 games, uh, he's been hitting 354, 373, 417. So if he misses, let's say he, let's say he's out until August 10th, just hypothetically. Mm. If he comes back and he hits the ground running like he has for the last 17 games, End of the year, his batting average is probably going to be 300, and his on base is going to be 320. Um, there's a chance you could actually get more for him this off season because there will be less money on his deal, right? The acquiring team won't have to pay him as much. Um, and obviously, there's a proof here that hey, look, D Gordon last year he broke his toe that hurt him. This year he got you know the wrist fracture that obviously hurt him for a while. Um, so I, I think there's actually a potential for some good news here on D Gordon um, if they can't trade him while he's on the IL, um, so if he can come back and hit, that's great, if he can't, um, you're, I mean, you're probably stuck with him either way, so, (laughs) um, it just, it's a little unfortunate, but, uh, you know, it's D Gordon, so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to not be, it's kind of hard to be upset, um, that the Mariners aren't going to get anything for him when they probably weren't, you know, either way. So
0: now D is a free agent after next season, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. His option does vest if he has 600 plate appearances, I believe, uh, which isn't going to happen. Um, I think there's also a buyout, right?
1: Um, let me pull it up here.
0: There's like a one million buyout or something. Yeah, like it's, that, it's so. a it's
1: a pretty cheap buyout. Um, so that's going like to
0: be attractive to teams uh, next year. Uh, teams that are are going to be looking for a veteran second baseman. Um,
1: yep, it's a like said, it's a short term deal. Um, he has. Uh, let's see. He has. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, a thirteen point eight million is what he's due next year. Uh, After that, there's a $14 million team option. The team's going to decline uh, with a $1 million buyout, and the option becomes guaranteed if he gets 600 plate appearances in 2020 or 1,200 in 2019 and 2020. So the 1,200's out. That's not happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's only at 284 this year.
1: And the odds of him getting 600 next year, pretty much zero. Um, Yeah. And that's even if he stays healthy. It's pretty... 600 plate appearances for D Gordon, who's probably going to hit towards the bottom of the lineup. That's him playing in 140 games and staying in 140 games. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a $1 million option. Um, if the Mariners can't trade him this year, the acquiring team would be on the hook for $14.8 million, and that's if the Mariners don't eat anything, and I think we can safely assume they will. So um, Yeah, you know, I honestly, it might have been smarter for the Mariners to just hold on to D. Uh, if not for the Shed Long thing, I think that's the real complicator here because you want Shed Long to get at bats at the big league level. You're not going to bench Kyle Seeger as much as people want that to be the case. You're not going to do it. Um, and you can't really bench D. Gordon now if you're going to try and up his trade value. And does it make sense to call up Shed Long for, you know, three games a week? Eh, probably not. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate timing. Um, but, yeah, the Domingo Santana one hurts a lot more uh, for me, at least, in my mind. Mm. Um, and we can't really speculate on that until we know more about the MRI. So we'll wait and see how that goes. But uh, just <laughs> some really bad timing. And now we're all hoping that Mike Leak doesn't go out there and, you know, hit the IL for the first time in his career. So,
0: yeah, we'll see so, how that goes. Y- so, you know, really now when you look at if Domingo's off the board, what right. can you trade? There's Elias, G- uh, Corey Guerin is a guy that probably is attractive to some teams. Uh, Mike Leak. League. Mike Leak. League, uh, maybe Wade LeBlanc. Um, maybe. yeah. Um, um, so, we'll see uh, on, on that front, but... Or uh, Murphy. Yeah. And that, and so I guess we should go into the, uh, the other topic that you had planned for today of sure, the um, three deals or whatever.
1: Right. So the trade deadline's a week away guys. That's kind of been the focus here, um, over the last really six weeks for us. Um, but it's a week away. The Mariners still have not actually made a move, um, that has involved more than one player they've essentially bought uh matt mcgill um and uh they bought matt whistler to go with matt Caracetti um as they optioned down matt festa so the bullpen of matt's is uh is inevitable it seems but they haven't made a deal where they've traded away a player or a prospect to get something back um since the Edwin Encarnacion trade, unless I'm forgetting one. Um, but nothing that on the Major League roster anyway. So I think with a week to go, the market's been pretty slow. It's been pretty quiet. I think it's a good time to just kind of look back, to sit down and say, you know what? Here are three things I would like to see them do. And this doesn't have to necessarily be player-specific. This is more of a, I would like to see them acquire this i would like to see them move this type of player off the roster so um ty i don't did you did you rank yours in importance to you or did you just pick three um yeah
0: i just i just picked three I, okay good go that's good neither, neither did i so
1: so <laughs> go ahead and uh go ahead and uh, why don't you give us your first one
0: so uh i think the biggest one is if domingo santana is healthy and can be traded, he should be traded yep. um I think he's i mean he's really valuable to or he fits the mold of what some teams are looking for right now, which means there's a lot of value there uh, which means that you're probably gonna get something pretty decent for him and I think you've seen enough to decide that he's you probably don't want to carry him. Uh, for the next couple years into your future. I mean, you can. He's a good hitter. But the defense is just so, so, so bad (laughs) that you probably just want to take a step back from that. Especially, you know, it's not like he has a clear path to become the team's DH. You you have Vogel back. Um, I just, I, I think... I think the best decision uh, with with Domingo is to trade him if he's healthy, and so I would I would very much like to see that because I think the package that they could get would be really promising.
1: Right, probably going to get at least one interesting name. Um,
0: You might even get a major leaguer for him.
1: Yeah, you could. Um, That's certainly a possibility. And you know, if you're looking for two years of Domingo Santana, and you can get. I don't know, four years of an above average reliever with, you know, a chance to be a little bit more than that, you know, that's, that may not be a bad idea. Um, You know, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I I think that's a good one. Um, Certainly. I would like to see Domingo off the roster. Um, Nothing against him, but like you said, the defense is a serious problem. The Mariners play in one of the, uh, one of the parks where outfield defense matters the most and he starts stacking up guys like Fraley and Bishop and Haniger and Lewis and Kelnick and Rodriguez down the road and just other options available to them that they can pick up and trade or free agency. Domingo's just not a great fit here. Um, and I don't think they're all that interested really in having a full-time DH, to be honest with you. I yeah. think um, you know I, I think if it ends up being Vogelback, that's fine. But I think they would really like to have that DH to use kind of as most teams do now just to kind of rotate guys through. Um, and so if you're not going to ask him to play first base, if you're not going to ask him to be the everyday DH, I just, I'm not that interested in having him in the outfield because it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense for this club right now. So um, yeah, I would agree if he's healthy, I hope they move him. Um, for me, one of the things I would like to see them do is I would really like to see them, uh, find the Mike Leak trade they've been searching for. Um, it's obvious, but I, Mike Leak has been a really solid Mariner. Um, he's up over 60 starts now, I believe, um, with the franchise. He's been really solid. He's been everything the Mariners could have ever hoped for, but he just doesn't want to be here, and I can't say that I blame him entirely. Um, I think he's handled it the wrong way. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's... He hasn't as far as we know, it doesn't sound like he's a problem in the clubhouse at all, but he's been pretty vocal about how he wants to play for a winner, and he doesn't see that happening here. Um, so I just I think it's important that you kind of remove that out of your locker room and you just kind of say, you know, we want guys who want to be here, and if you don't want to be here, we're going to try and accommodate that. Um, it's not for a return, you're probably not going to get much. If you're lucky, you'll get another want then type of prospect. Um, after you eat a pretty sizable portion of the money, um, or you might just even have to do a bad contract swap uh, with Leak. Not that Leak's contract is terrible, but it's it's teams will view it as a bad contract, even though it's not. Um, so yeah, to be honest, I just I think you just have to find a way to make a Mike Leak trade happen, and ultimately, I I think they do. I think there's enough fringy playoff teams who are going to look at that and say, you know. We don't really want to dive in head you know, dive in head first to the playoff realm, but uh you know, we should probably make a move here or there that if everything breaks right, we we at least tried. Um and I, I think there's enough teams like that that Mike Leak makes some sense for. So I think they'll get that done. But I would really like to see uh today be the, the final start that Mike Leak makes as a Mariner.
0: Yeah. Um for me, uh the second one is I want to see them trade one of their catchers. Um, I think there's a lot of value there. Uh, I'm not insanely confident in Tom Murphy being able to repeat this year, next year. Uh, And I think he has a significant amount of value to both teams that need a starting catcher and a backup catcher. Um, And he's honestly been one of the better offensive catchers in the American League this year. Uh, which is saying something, uh, especially when they ha- you know when they already have Omar Narvaez on their team, uh, who's been absolutely fantastic this year. Um, yeah, I, I think they could get a significant package in return for Narvaez if if the need is there from one of these teams. But I also think that they could pull off something pretty decent for Tom Murphy as well. Um, I brought up the idea of trading for uh, Luis Sessa and uh, Ryder Green for, for Tom Murphy to be the backup in New York. You know, Gary Sanchez had, a, had an ankle issue last night. Plus, Austin Romine is horrible, just like his brother. He's <laughs> better than his uh,
1: brother, to be fair.
0: Yeah, he's been pretty terrible this year, though. But... uh yeah, so um, yeah, I think that might be uh, you know an, an interesting fit, um, but there are a lot of teams that need catching, and um, you know next to bullpen and, and starting pitching, catching is kind of a big need for for teams that are you know looking to compete.
1: Yeah, um, it it's is it's just
0: it's so limited. It's such a limited market, is. and if you can get someone like Tom Murphy, who's been really good defensively you know if you look at the defensive metrics he's actually one of the better defensive catchers in, in the american league and and he's been successful offensively so um yeah i i, I think you could turn that into to something pretty pretty solid
1: yeah i would agree he's got what four years of club control mm-hmm. after this year as well yeah uh, he's insanely athletic he's in his physical prime um and yeah you know like a really solid backup catcher because he's not like you said, he's, he's a good defender. Um, and he's also not a terrible bat. And typically your backup is one or the other. They either have a pretty decent bat and they can't feel it all, or they, uh, more, more than likely they're pretty solid defender, but they can't hit anything. Um, you know, so he's kind of a nice blend of both. And like you said, the Yankees, I think make a lot of sense. Um you wrote him up a few days ago. I'm writing him up again to the Yankees in light of the Gary Sanchez thing because Sanchez isn't a very good defensive catcher at all either. So um, there may be a possibility for the Yankees to, you know, put Murphy behind the plate and Sanchez at DH on occasion. Um, and there's there's just real value, I think, to to that trade. Um I think Murphy is a lot going to actually generate more interest in season than Narvaez. Um, mm-hmm. I think Narvaez is a guy that you may trade in the offseason. season. Um, I just I don't know how many teams are looking for an offense first catcher in the middle of the year. Um, and Narvaez, while he's improved defensively, he's still below average. Um, but he's, I, I mean, to me, if you're a team that's looking for a bat, um, <clears throat> I would I would definitely call the Mariners about Narvaez. Um, whether or not you really need a catcher or not. Um, because the bat is just so good that, uh, the position you can almost just figure out, um, D H catcher first base even. So I, I, I think that'll be interesting to see, um, what they do, but yeah, certainly, you know, the injury to Gary Sanchez makes that idea even a little more, uh, obvious. I don't Mm. know if that's the right term, but, uh, You get what I'm saying, so yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. And we know that they like, um, we know that they like really like Austinola as well, Uh, and that could be a way to get him, you know, more reps at catcher.
0: uh, Yeah, can we talk about Austinola real quick? Sure. That's actually really two minutes. Go. That's, I mean, he's been really damn good. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's really surprising. Like, uh, you know, I, I just. I thought of him as a 4A player. He still might be that, but man, um, he's, he looks really good. <laughs> like he, and he's got the flexibility of being able to play multiple positions as well as catcher, mm-hmm. which he hasn't really <laughs> done here yet. But, yep. um, good you know, the bat, the bat looks, looks kind of real. I mean, this is what he's been doing in the minor leagues. He's just, he hasn't gotten an opportunity to play at the major league level. And, and now he is. And, He's doing what he's done down in in the minor league level. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the, those guys just find a way to sneak through to you and um, late bloomer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 really intrigued by Alcinella. I, I think that's such an interesting uh, interesting situation going on with him.
1: I would like to see him play. The Mariners have sixty some odd games, sixty games, I think, little left, fifty-eight games uh, remaining. I would like to see Austin Nolan in the lineup for forty-five of them. Honestly, I mean I the
0: guy has a one hundred forty-nine wRC plus already, like through a month of month worth of games.
1: Fifty-one plate appearances, he is already worth half a win by a, by Baseball Reference War. Um, like I said. This there will be an adjustment period here and there, but the guy's athletic. He can play all over the play, all over the field. He's got some pop. And in case you were wondering, yes, there was a swing change this off season. Um, also, a fun little note about Austin Austinola. He was drafted three times, so that's 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 rare. You don't see that. You see a lot of guys huh. get drafted twice, but he was actually drafted three times. Um, and plus, you know, it'll just be great when the Mariners acquire Aaron Nola this off season and. Uh, <laughs> And he can throw it to his brother, but, uh, no, yeah. Anyways, Austin certainly is, he makes the idea of moving a guy like, uh, Tom Murphy, even more interesting. Um, and right now he's, he's getting a crack at second base. He's out there again today. So we'll see how all that goes, but yeah, uh, Austin I am certainly intrigued. Um, he's looked really good defensively at first base as well. So.
0: Is Tim Lopes playing today? Do
1: we know? No, no. Nope. Uh, that's you got to see what Christopher Negron can do. Just nothing. But anyways, uh, um, for Dylan Moore, yay! Tim Beckham in left field though, so that's 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 good. Wait, wait, uh,
0: wait! Whoa. Hold 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 the phone. Sorry, what did you just say? Tim Beckham is in left
1: field again. Oh
0: my god!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like six days in a row. It's just uh,
0: oh no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. All right. Uh, See, this shows you how much I've been watching the Mariners. I didn't even know Tim Beckham's been playing left field. (laughs) I'm going to be real with you. Uh, That's, 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 wow. Okay. All right. So that's where we are now, huh?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Also, the Seahawks signed Earl Mitchell. So that's kind of, uh, Uh, that's where we are today. That's kind of our attitude. Just a dejected sigh. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Um, so back to the list uh, number two for me um, I would like to see this i would like to see the mariners um, I'm trying to save i'm i'm gonna save that one for last. I would like to see the Seattle Mariners um, actually trade or try to trade uh omar Narvaez. i I think you know we talked about this a lot of teams aren't looking for that offense first catcher. Uh, but the Mariners seem to have at least some form of catching depth, um, which is weird to say, but I I would like them to at least be open to the idea um, because Narvaez arguably is the best bat available on the market right now, and you can have him for three years after this season. That's insanely valuable, and so while I, I would like the Mariners to at least Let teams know, or at least if somebody calls them and says, Hey, you know, would you move Omar Narvaez? I would like them to say, yes. Um, what do you have? Um, and also at the same token, if they say yes and the team, nobody wants to give them what they want, then I hope they just say, no, we're, why would we get rid of Omar Narvaez? He's arguably the best offensive catcher in the American league. Um, no, I'm not, no, we're not giving him away. So I would like them and, you know, more so than Narvaez, I would like them to be open to trading anybody, um, including including Jared Kelnick even. Now, I'm not saying that anybody available is worth Kelnick because I don't think that's the case. But if somebody asked, I hope they would say, what did you have in mind? And I think they do. I don't think Jerry's going to shut off any possibility there. Um, so in a smaller picture, I hope they are willing to trade Omar Narvaez should the right deal come along. In a bigger picture, I hope they're not shutting off any opportunities whatsoever. And I feel pretty confident that they're not going to do that. So um, that's where I'm at with number two. Uh, number one, what do you have?
0: Um, I want to see the Mariners trade for a major leaguer. I know that really isn't groundbreaking news here, but I want to see them trade for a legitimate major leaguer um, with control. Uh, and obviously, that's going to cost. Prospects but a major leaguer that will cost no more than justice Sheffield is what I should say
1: um Justice Sheffield is the one guy you're willing to move
0: well, I'm saying no Dunn, no Julio, no Gilbert, no Kalenick. Okay. so if you can get a if you can get a legitimate major leaguer for someone like Justice Sheffield or below uh I'm totally on board with that.
1: Interesting. See, I actually went specific with my number one, so this is, Ooh, this is why I okay. saved it. Ready for this? All I right. would like the Seattle Mariners to contact the Pittsburgh Pirates and trade for Keona Kella and Chris Archer. Um, I would like them to do that in the next week. And here's kind of the rationale behind this. The, the Pirates are feeling the after effects of what may go down as one of the worst trades in history. <laughs> They gave up Glassnow and Meadows, both of whom were all-star quality this year um, for Archer. Oh, and a hard-throwing righty named Shane Baz, a first-round pick. They gave all that up for Chris Archer, and Archer has been, let's let's say, mediocre. Um, He hasn't been... He has
0: a negative F-4.
1: (laughs) Yes, and uh, he has a... Which is
0: very hard to do as a starting pitcher, by the way.
1: Yes, he has a half win war, a point zero point five war by baseball reference, um, including a one four one se- one four one seven whip, um, a five point six six FIP. Um he hasn't been good. It's it's really that simple. And Pittsburgh went in last year and they were like, We're gonna get we're gonna get Chris Archer and we're gonna trade, you know, Taylor Hearns and I can't even remember who the other guy was for Kayle Nikela, and we're gonna go for it. And what do you know? It didn't work out at all. Um, both have been really disappointing, and now the Pirates kind of find themselves with a much a much weaker farm system and a team that's pretty much out of it right now. I mean, they're it's let's say it's not looking good for their playoff chances. So um, they're a team that probably needs to hit the reset button. There are also talks that they may shop Starling Marte. Uh, I would be fine with that as well. I really like Starling Marte. Um, but I would like the Mariners to go and get Chris Archer and Keona Kella. Uh, Kella is a Seattle guy. He's been really good in the past. Hasn't been good this year um, in particular. But uh, he's a solid um, You know, he's a solid late-inning option. He's a, You have him until the end of next year. Um, so he doesn't really fit the timeline. But it's just a value play there. You could probably get him for pretty cheap. Um, just because he's a reliever on a bad team that isn't, you know, that, uh, is desperate to get rid of him. That's that there's just bad blood there. Um, Archer for me, he has the two team options for 2020 and 2021. They're worth $9 million and it's worth a le in the 2021 option is worth $11 million. So $20 million for two years. By the way, if you don't want that option, uh, that eleven million dollar option, you can buy him out for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And basically, here's my: you bring you bring Archer over, right? Comes back to the National American League, and let's say he's what he was, even last year in 2018, right? He made 27 starts. He had a 4.31 ERA. Um, you know, struck out almost 10 guys per nine. He did have a high whip of 1.38, just, you know, kind of a solid number four starter, right? Um, you bring him back and he's like that for the second half of this year. Then the first half of next year, he goes back to 2017, Chris Archer, where he had a 1.25 whip and he was striking out 11 guys per nine in the 4.07 ERA and a 3.40 whip, uh, FIP, sorry. Uh, now what you have is a guy with a year and a half on his contract at well below market value, who's put together a year at this point of solid baseball. You don't think that's going to net you a nice prospect? Really? You don't think that could possibly net you more than you gave up? Because I kind of think it does. And worst case, you keep him for two years at well below market value. good pitcher (laughs) that's a good pitcher in theory that you can get for significantly less than he was just traded for with an opportunity to get back more than you gave up because this is absolutely buying low on chris archer but unfortunately i don't think the pirates have much of a choice here they really screwed themselves they need to get rid of this guy they need to get something for him and he just so what
0: so what what is your ideal uh package to get both of these guys.
1: Oh, money, <laughs> just money. Um, but, uh, no, seriously. So it's not going to be free, obviously. No. Um, Archer as bad as he is, is still like we meant two and a half years of club control at well below market value. Um, Keona Kella, you get him for this year and next year. So not significant amount of club control, but he's still a pretty good reliever. Um, So that that's not going to be a a cheap package, so to speak, but I do think it doesn't even begin to brush up against the packages that it would take to get me to move Kelnick Dunn, Julio Gilbert, Kirby, um, even Sheffield really. So I think you can actually avoid all of that um, as well. And this is where your controllable pieces might come into play. You, the pirates right now, they're kind of struggling behind the plate. What if Tom Murphy is part of this deal and Tom Murphy's a potential everyday starter for them. Um, so I think that's where a part of that can come into play. Um, but I do think that um, I would be comfortable with a Kyle Lewis type of deal. I would be comfortable with a shed long type of trade. Um, I think Dom Thompson Williams or Cal Raleigh um, makes some sense there. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Evan White. But probably not. Um, I, I just I think I'm looking at this and I'm going. You know, if you're the Pirates and you can get Kyle Lewis, who has been better lately, but still hasn't really lived up to the hype. But it's still you know he's a solid prospect. I would say he's huh. a B level prospect. And then you can you can uh, throw, I don't know. What do you think about uh, Kyle Lewis and Sam Carlson as kind of the headliners there? Because you have this pitching depth, right, that you built up. Carlson is years away from the big leagues. What about Kyle, someone
0: like L.J. Newsome, who's built his stock up pretty high?
1: I, you know, I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. I don't know if that's enough to get it done, but uh, well, I'm,
0: I mean, not as a headliner. I'm talking about Kyle Lewis and L.J. Newsome. Because I'm I'm just not sure how what teams will feel on Sam Carlson right now with the yeah. elbow and everything.
1: I mean he's certainly a higher upside guy, but yeah. even you want to talk about a guy like Juan Thin. Yeah. You know, that's that's a guy who makes pretty Don Thompson Williams makes a pretty compelling secondary piece or tertiary piece there. Um, say this, I'd be more willing to trade a guy like Evan White in this type of deal than I would Noel V. Marte. Um it's because Marte has a higher upside to me. I think White is going to be a solid major leaguer. I feel pretty strongly about that. But is he going to be super special? I don't think so. And I think Marte could be. Um, so White's probably the highest name prospect I'd be willing to give up. And even then, that's a stretch. Um, but yeah, I think something in the mind of Kyle Lewis, you know, Don, Dom Thompson-Williams, and Juan Thin. Maybe Tom Murphy as a kicker. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. So, I I think that's something that would appeal to the Pirates. It's a way to kind of wash your hands of two um, of two headaches, really, since you've acquired them. But you still get um, you still get a couple of outfield prospects who are in Double A and definitely have the tools to be everyday big leaguers. And you get uh, kind of a lottery ticket in Juan Then, who is 19 years old, and he's already up to 94, 95 miles an hour with a fastball and a good changeup. Um, and then you get Tom Murphy, who's you know solid catching. At the very worst, he's a above-average backup, and by all indications, he has a possibility of being a starter. Um, so I think that's a pretty good package. It doesn't kill the Mariners' uh, farm system. They trade from areas of strength, um, and they get basically a couple of guys that, Maybe a year from now they can turn and flip around and acquire and get something more or maybe they you know, maybe they're part of the maybe they're a part of the future. Uh Kella's still just twenty six years old. Uh the Mariners, we know they're gonna be looking for bullpen help help. And uh, you know, I, I think I think there's a fit there. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if I'm being you know Way too optimistic. I don't know if I'm being, uh, you know, if I'm, I, I, I don't know. I just, I simply don't know um, as much as I want to. But I would like to see the Mariners go out and make that type of move at the very least. I choose Archer and Kella because they're both on the way out of that organization, and Pittsburgh is really looking to start over. Um, and so I think that's a situation that you can take advantage of um, by trading from areas of strength uh, in your farm system. Uh, as well. And, you know, it, it's a risk. All trades are. It's highly unlikely to happen. All trades are. But something like that in general um, is something that I would like to see. Um, and who knows? Maybe, I don't know, can you get both for like Malik Smith? I'd be interested in something like that too. So um, I think, you know, I, I just think that adding a starting pitcher now. In a bullpen arm now, as opposed to the off season when they're probably going to do both, Um, I think there's some value there, if if the price is right. If not, then okay, roll out Tommy Malone. What do I care? But I think there's an opportunity there to get some value, and it's just one that I would like to see them take. And if it's not Archer, you know, whatever. But like you said, I would like to see them add a major leaguer, and I would like to see them add one that is potentially impactful right away so that's that's kind of what i would like to see happen yeah all right so there's the three moves uh that we would each like to see and that's going to wrap up our podcast guys so uh thank you so much for listening to the uh soto mojo podcast i hope you guys enjoyed it very much uh make sure you follow us on twitter at soto mojo fs uh we're also on facebook you can search soto mojo there and uh guys go go read our content at sotomojo.com ton of trade stuff going up right there um, you know we're kind of we're kind of starting a transition in august after the trade deadline we'll have prospect ranks um, we'll start looking ahead to the offseason a little bit and we'll start talking about why or what would be successful for the rest of 2019 it's all around the bend but for the next week or so it's going to be heavy trade deadline stuff so if you guys really like that type of idea and you like thinking about deals and possibilities, uh, I, would, I would strongly recommend you go ahead and you visit the website on a daily basis, SotoMojo.com. So Ty, before we uh, sign off, do you have anything you want to, uh, you want to say?
0: Uh, I just saw Shannon Dreher tweet, infielder in left field, Sigh. So I assume Tim Beckham has made a mistake already. <laughs> As Which... we're two minutes into the game.
1: Which is uh, hardly breaking news. So Yeah. <laughs> God. Hopefully Tim Beckham. That should have been number one on my list. Tim Beckham needs to go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Visit the website SotoMojo.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.